today I'm joined by Rachel Clark, the writer of Dead Good Christmas. Hey Rachel, you okay? Ah, uh, yeah, I'm good, thanks, you? Yeah, good, thank you. Good, Nice good. to have you on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me, can't wait. How's your day been going? Um, yeah, today's been good. We had a bit of news about uh, the play. So sadly, we recast Frank and then unfortunately, the Steve's got in touch and said he's no longer able to commit. So poor old Frank um, is is now not being cast. <laughs> so that was a bit of a, a hiccup this morning, yeah. but it's one of them things happen, life gets in the way yeah. and it can't be helped. Yeah. So we just got to move on and just go with it and yeah. it'll be fine. It'll all work out. No, yeah, positive attitude. Yeah, I like exactly, that. That's exactly. Good. So your play, Dead Cook Christmas, has been chosen as a part of one of eight plays to be put on um, for the What Happens Next competition yeah. by Tip Tray. Yeah. Yeah. And is it the Friday the Yeah, yeah so mine is on Friday. Uh, we've got our lash rehearsal on Wednesday and I, I just I can't wait. I probably won't sleep for like the whole week now. Yeah. But um yeah, I just can't wait. I'm dead excited. Yeah. How's rehearsals been going? Uh, rehearsals have been boss to be honest. All we've done is laugh. We just like we don't stop laughing and then that's really nice and working with johnny's the director and all the cast everyone's been boss and we just we just laugh our heads off half the time but the thing that's been the nice part is like it's been a proper collaboration with john like he doesn't just make decisions he's always asking me what i think and it just feel like me like input is valued and you know it's just nice for it to be a collaboration yeah that's yeah. the best part of rehearsals when you're laughing that much isn't yeah it? like we do actually get a yeah. lot done <laughs> we do just laugh but it, it's just their fun and yeah. like you know three hours just goes dead quick yeah it just like flies so all new people that you've met have you ever met um so one a new ethno uh only slightly before and then everyone else brand new, so yeah, just, nice. yeah, just exciting. Yeah. Everyone's just lovely, to be honest. So, would you mind just giving us like a brief overview of the play? Yeah. So, Dead Good Christmas is about a dysfunctional family who are back together for Christmas Day, and then the riots all start kicking off on their doorstep. So, it's a play about family relationships, identity, and sort of discovering who you are. Um, it also looks at themes of social media, conspiracies, and fake news as well. So, yeah. So, basically, it's like the internal world of all the family, you know, they're having murder, they're not getting on, it's stressful, it's Christmas, versus the external world of you've got riots, you've got cars on fire, it's chaos, and it's like the two worlds are fighting for like centre stage, and then eventually they collide and it's chaos. Chaos. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where did the idea for the play come from? Um, so one of the big elements of the play, which I can't talk about because it'll obviously give it away, um, is something that I'm really into, enjoy reading and watching. And to be honest, I quite like writing things that seem really normal on like the surface, but then when you peel it back a bit, you're like, oh, that's a bit weird or that's a bit unsettling. So to me, it was like families at Christmas, you know, that's something that a lot of people, you know, like know about or they've experienced yeah. themselves if they celebrate Christmas. And I thought, you'd think that that was quite normal, but then it sort of gets weird and you start thinking, oh, what would I do? Or, oh, that's a bit, yeah. So it's like normal, but a bit weird. As yeah. Well. <laughs> oh, that sounds interesting. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, I hope everyone else finds it interesting, yeah. but 
it's something for me that I didn't really, I don't think it's been brought to the stage, the concept that I'm bringing. So I'd be quite interested to see if people would like to see something like that put on, so yeah. So have you always been a writer? Um, so I did creative writing at uni and then I used to live in Thailand so I did quite a lot of like freelance writing work when I was there but it wasn't really like creative, it was just like editing, proofing, copywriting, that sort of thing and then I came back from Thailand and then I did the um, Royal Court do like a stage write, playwright yeah. development programme, some twister. <laughs> um, so I did that with them and I only did that in 2021 um, and then they like after the course finished they carried on like a writing group so I carried on going to that and then they did a competition for their show uh, Stock and Fillers in yeah. December yeah. so I had a 10 minute play chosen to be part of that. So that was on in December and now this, so it just feels like it's just gone from like a year ago, well 2021, two years ago, the years, like yeah. they're, they all play <laughs> to watch, it's COVID. Um, so it feels like, you know, gone from like doing the course and then now I had a 10 minute play on and now I've got this, so it's just dead exciting. I feel like I'm quite new to it, but I'm just ready for it, I just yeah. can't wait to see where it like goes and that's a great opportunity for everyone. Oh, it's it? amazing, yeah. even just working with like, you know, the actors, the director, meeting Maisie and Evan, and you know, I can't wait to meet all the other writers and directors because like the plays that are on, they look like incredible, yeah, and I just think like, can't wait to just meet everyone and just see what they're going to say. And the whole thing sold out as well. Yeah, so. all three nights yeah. are like done, so I'm like, okay. yeah, that's, that's <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just, I mean, I just can't wait. Like, it's just dead surreal when you you sat there thinking like. Oh my god, I like that came from my mind. Yeah. Like I made that, yeah. but then it's also like you're dead nervous because you're thinking things that you might think are funny. Like what if no one laughs? And it's like absolute tumbleweed. But I mean, you'll always get one laugh, even yeah. if it's me mom or something. Yeah. <laughs> Someone yeah. will laugh, please. Yeah. So what are you most excited about? Um, I'm excited to see what people think. Like for me, like I've written it in the the whole thing is like the audience should be thinking what is going on there so I'll be excited to hear what people think and like what they think is actually happening and see if they like it to be honest yeah, yeah. the discussions yeah. afterwards yeah, yeah yeah just you know yeah. like hearing like little snippets yeah. of what people say and stuff like that's and, and you know what I can't wait to see everyone else's plays as well yeah. it's going to be a dead good night yeah it's going to be brilliant yeah so, do you want to tell me a bit about the characters that are in the play? Yeah, of course. So, I've got Harriet, who's our lead, and then we've got Mum, we've got Dad, and we've got Bran. So, Harriet is like the sort of definition of imposter syndrome in all matters of her life. She doesn't believe in herself, she struggles to make decisions, everything she does do, she second guesses, and she just really doesn't know who she is as a person. She's just really lost. She's 33. And she's just thinking, what, what am I doing? Who am I? What, where's this relationship that I'm in? Like, everything that like she's unsure about in life is just being amplified on this Christmas day because everyone's asking her loads of questions and she just doesn't know. And then you've got Mum who's, you know, now she's of a certain age, she just feels like invisible. She feels invisible to her husband, her daughter, society. She feels like no one cares what she has to say anymore about things. Um, and she's just really looking at her marriage now that you know Harriet's grown up, which is the same with dad. Like dad is Frank, um, 
since Harriet's moved out, they're finding that they've they've got no connection anymore. The thing that they had is gone, and are they even compatible? Like, who are they as people now that they're not mum and dad? And then we've got Gran, who's just like a little firecracker, um, and she's just desperate for Harriet to not make the same mistakes that her and Jeannie did. So it's like sort of breaking that generational sort of, not like trauma, but like life choices and patterns, and she just wants her to believe in herself and just do all the things that her and Jeannie didn't do. So she's almost like trying to rectify the relationship she had with Jeannie through Harriet. You know, like to say sometimes like, you know, the problems that you had when you were a mother, you can work on them as a grandparent. Um, I suppose all of the characters have got an element of loneliness to them. Um, you know, they're all connected, they're all family, they're all together, they're all on social media. They're, you know, we're in this time where we're never really alone, but we're also more alone at yeah, times, yeah. you know what I mean? And you know, the things that happens in it forces them to reflect on their life as who they are as people and the choices that they've made in their life to get them to the point where they're at now. I think the main thing for me was I wanted all the characters to be relatable. They're like, they're a working class, they're a poor family. And to me, it's like being able to see yourself or part of yourself on stage. Yes, like, yes. that's that's what theatre is. You're looking for things that you can say, oh, that's, I know that, or that's a bit like me. And I think now it's important that theatre is inclusive and accessible to everyone, whether it's someone who goes to theatre all the time or never goes to theatre, no matter what the background is. For me, it's like if someone can just see a little bit of themselves in it. But then saying that, I like the idea of the challenge as well of like, sort of writing unlikable characters almost and then by the end of the finished play like the full length there you know you're rooting for them and I think it's quite an interesting challenge that you sort of go oh they seem like a bit of a dick but now I'm like oh I'm actually really rooting for them so I'm saying people see things in them they they might not want to admit that at the time but I definitely see things in all of them if that are probably like what I do at times so yeah it was just about making them all sort of relatable really yeah. I was yeah. going to say when you were describing the characters then yeah it sounded like there's a character for sort of everyone yeah in the yeah yeah that's what I like mum dad yeah dad, like yeah yeah but that's what I'm hoping anyway everyone just if it's if they don't see something in them themselves you know someone they know or someone yeah. they've had a relationship or friendship with or you know there's just it's someone they know you know it's someone on the street it's not this like random person that doesn't really exist except in the theater you know what i mean like there's normal people basically so um have you got any plans for the future any more writing projects or yeah i'm just gonna stick at it to be honest i've got i keep all my notes in my phone and you should see the amount of like (laughs) plays that are in there literally i go through them sometimes i'm like even is that like yeah. I'm, why is it random things because I've been drunk and I'm like trying to like write random <laughs> words but yeah I think I'm gonna work on um I've got like a two-hander between two women uh that one's called paint stripper and it's about like an ex-stripper who's a painter and decorator and she strikes friendship with one of her customers who's like a middle-class married woman and they think they've got nothing in common but then they sort of grow this friendship so I've got that one and then I would like to quite do another one about like sort of toxic positivity and like the sort of like, you know, I'm into like crystals and manifestation and all that. I love that whole 
sort of like positive viewpoints but I think sometimes it can be a little bit toxic and I think that would be a good one to sort of explore because I know that's something that I'm interested in I'm always telling myself like oh you've got to be positive and all that but then sometimes there's times when you don't want to be positive and you shouldn't have to feel like you need to be so I feel like that would be a good one to explore as well so yeah she needs to start doing them now <laughs> sounds really exciting yeah yeah well it's been lovely speaking to you yeah no thanks for having and me good luck for the Friday yeah Friday the 20th yeah so if you have managed to buy tickets guys I think that you're really in for a treat so thanks to everyone for listening to another opening nights podcast hello I'm Tracy uh, from opening nights and I've got here Ellie Thornhill who's director of this man's life um, it's written by Steve Mack and as I said it's directed by Ellie Thornhill so Ellie Thornhill, would you like us to tell us a little bit more about this production that's happening for Tip Tray? Yeah, of course. So it was, um, it all started, obviously it's a competition, um, mainly for the writers, for their work. So it was a competition and everyone got to submit um, some scripts and then uh, there was eight chosen of the final competition. Uh, which are happening on the 19th and 20th. And then whoever gets through to the final goes to the 21st. Uh, it's based on audience votes and the judges. Um, so this this production of This Man's Life um, was a story... So Stee originally had it as a very short 100-word story. Um, and he, he said he always has the date written in his diary of this, uh, the submission date and he never, it was the day before, a few hours yeah. just before that he actually submitted it, wrote it and submitted it just a few hours before so he was shocked that he even got through. Um, but yeah, so it was a very short hundred word story he had about a couple who had a big debt pile and they killed themselves and that was the end. But he didn't like that um, for the beginning of the story. He just was like, I need more on it than that. So he changed that just for the beginning um, and then worked on the after story from that without spoiling too much. Um, yeah, so it's very different to what people would expect and it really takes you through the emotions of, you know, you'll be crying one minute and laughing the next minute. So how do, how do you feel about actually directing this production? Because obviously... Steve's a well-known writer, you know, in his, obviously, his work. Um, so how do you actually, how did you feel when you asked to actually direct it? I asked in, oh gosh, I think it was about November time. Yeah. Um, and it was Maisie who actually approached me and she was like, oh, would you like to direct something in January? And I was like, yeah, sure, I'll happily do it. And then um, when I found out I got paired with Steve, I think it was only, it was only a few weeks ago, um, I got found out I was paired with him and then I'd uh, seen that all the local and further people, but local people were all like, um, we shared his plays and stuff and I was like, oh, because I hadn't, because obviously we've not been here very long, so I hadn't heard much. And um, when I seen that I was paired and I was re looking at some of his work and stuff and I was so pleased and then I received the script and the script was so good as well. So I was like really excited, but it was nice to actually be asked to direct from like, the other project, yeah. so it was nice. So how, like, how are you feeling, like, with the cast? You know, how are, like, are they towards you? How are you, like, with them? You know, are, like, are they enjoying it? Are you enjoying 
doing all like the directing with the cast? You know, has it been hard? Um, so we had five rehearsals. Um, so five three-hour rehearsal slots. I think that's what all the shows were given. Um, and before we do that, obviously we're on our last one uh, now. And the cast from literally from the first moment I met with them in the first rehearsal. And after the first rehearsal, the show was already on its feet, and it was incredible because I was I'm like they were so respectful towards me because um, obviously I am young. I'm I'm younger than all of them. Um, by at least like five years some of them and uh so it's nice that like they respect me so much as well and like you know they listen to me straight away and they do exactly what I've asked but they've been such a lovely cast to work with like and you know we've got gosh how many's in the cast we've got one two um one two three five six seven in the cast I think I'm probably getting the number wrong probably missing someone like there's seven of us in the like, and it's just the, the the chemistry between all the cast has grown as well in such a short time as well. Like obviously some of them previously knew each other, but it's nice that like you see everyone mingling, even for f even them talking about future projects in the same room as well, and like when they're like discussing about getting other people involved and stuff. So it's nice yeah. for them collaborating in one room too. So how do you find working with Steve? Obviously it's his like baby, really, isn't it? So how do you feel like like working under Steve like you're directing his like his play so how does it feel like you know directing this person's play how does how do you feel are you like nervous how it's going to go or do you feel quite confident um I think it's a mix really I think it's always nerve-wracking when you're obviously in charge of someone else's play because like you want to do their play justice and don't want to because people obviously, if something goes wrong with the director, they like probably go to the writing side like, oh, it's because of this, isn't when obviously it's your mistake. So like you want to do them proud. But I think with having Steve in the room as well, he we've been like bouncing off each other with ideas or like, and he's just as respectful to me as the cast are as well and as I am to him. And we'll both bounce off ideas and come up with absolutely mental stuff as people will see when they come and watch. Um, <coughs> But it's nice that, like, you know, like, the cast have a good relationship with the writer as well. Yeah, like, um, yeah, very important. And, um, you know, he's really good, like, uh, help, and he's always here for questions or anything. And he, like, he comes up with amazing directing ideas and stuff as well that, like, it's have... Yeah, and it adds to me, because obviously he's done a lot of directing himself. Yeah. And he's got, obviously, a lot more years' experience so than me, so... Yeah, exactly, then I can, like... And then when he says something, I'm like, oh, that's amazing, that. But then when it comes to the next scene, then I've took on what he said the previous one, I've applied it to the yeah. next scene, so yeah. it's learning me as well. Which I'm so are you going to go down the directing path, like where Steve's done like the writing and the directing, or are you going to do a mixture of both like directing, come um, acting, what, you, what you're feeling, what you're leaning towards? I think my heart will always be with acting side. I, I love it. I, I like even when people are on stage and even though you like you feel so proud that like you've made them go on, like you you've done that for them to go on stage and stuff. Then you also get that bit of stage thing where you're like, oh, I wish I was joining them, yeah. Because <laughs> um, but I, I do enjoy directing because it gives me the comp. I learn stuff from other actors that I'm working with that I put on myself then, 
um, and like the stuff I look out for, I'm like, okay, I need to do that in my future auditions and stuff. So it's nice to have that, and it's brought my confidence up so much being in charge of people. So when I'm in a room with people, then I'm like, I'm more of a leader role, which is yeah. nice. So it's brought my confidence up for acting side, yeah. but I think my heart will always stay with acting, yeah. uh, but I'll mix with both. That's brilliant. So last one, how do you think the play is gonna go? Well, the more rehearsals we've done, it's just got even and better, which I didn't think it could. So um, I think we do have a really strong, I've not seen the other plays, they're, at, they're, they're, they sound incredible, but um, I do think we have a strong chance of going through to the final, but even if we don't, it's been an amazing experience working with these and it's nice um, to start working with new people as well and obviously getting yourself out there and it's just, it's anyone enjoys performing in theatre, so it's nice to also get like the new actors as well, like yeah. on stage and stuff too. Thank you very much, Ellie, who's director of This Man's Life. And obviously, like, Steve's not here, so she's give a little bit of uh, inside information on, like, the story of This Man's Life. So thank you, Ellie, for being on my podcast. And hopefully it all goes plain sailing. Watch this space, everybody. Bye for now. Ladies and gents, thank you very much for listening to this episode of Opening Nights. Our next production is coming very soon, so be sure to get subscribed wherever you're listening and visit our website, www.openingnights.co.uk, to stay updated. Bye for now.